0: I'm going to begin with a little biblical humor. In fact, it may be in my next book, Biblical Humor by Father Perry Liker. And it goes something like this. Um, Oh, I forgot it. Let it come back. Oh, my goodness. Oh, okay. I'm rewriting this gospel today. Uh, I'm going to give you a a version that I think John maybe started with. Uh, And it's based on the humor of Stephen Colbert, uh, uh, a nightlife, um, uh, host, a comedy host, and a favorite comedian of mine. And he does this little thing where he takes, a, say, a Valentine's card, and on the outside of the Valentine's card says, this is the perfect day for lovers. And then you open it up, and then it has a message inside. But he does a first version that he says they started with, and then they changed it. And so he... he um, he says, so I'll take you out to dinner so you can get fat, honey. That's the original card. And then they fix it and say, so let me take you out to a lovely dinner to celebrate our love. So the second version is what wins out. So here's the first version. It says that, um, that the, uh, Jesus came and stood in their midst. The doors were locked. The windows were locked. You couldn't get in. Everything was locked. But all of a sudden, he's standing in the middle of the room. Peace be with you, he says. Shows them his hands and his side, and he says again, Peace be with you. Who sins, you forgive or forgiven them. And then it says that uh, Thomas was not there, so they told him later, We've seen the Lord. This is the first version. Are you guys nuts? Have you been drinking again? How many barrels of wine have you shared? Uh, the doors were locked, you said. The windows were locked. How did he get inside? You said you saw him. Oh please I'm not going to believe it till I touch him with my hands and see him with my own eyes I won't believe it that's the first version second version he does say all of those things but he doesn't accuse them he just says I won't believe till I see him and touch him so the gospel that took place took place on Easter Sunday chronologically so one week later the day that we celebrate the octave um, this time, Jesus comes in their midst. The doors and windows are solidly locked. There's no way you could get in without going through the door or through the windows. But there's Jesus. And he begins again, Peace be with you. And immediately turns to Thomas. Thomas, come here. He says, See my marks in my hands. Touch my side. And he says these words to him Do not be unbelieving, but believe. Now, this description of Thomas is, is, um, is a very important one, I think, for all of us. I know it is for me. Um, we all doubt at times. We all need a little proof. We all need something that we can understand. For example, we're celebrating Divine Mercy Sunday, the divine mercy of God, and yet look at this crisis, an invisible killer traveling the whole world killing people, and we don't even see it coming. All of a sudden, we're sick, and in a couple of days, dead. I think it was 81 yesterday in L.A. County. Where's the mercy of God, we might ask. We might, especially if we lose someone dear to us, a family member or a friend, we may really doubt the mercy of God. And yet, I don't think it has something to do with the mercy of God. This is just a reality. Life is life. Life is tough. Sickness is sickness. A virus, a deadly virus, is a deadly virus. But if there is mercy of God poured over us, where does it come from? It comes from one another, our faith. It comes from believing that God will give to us what we need, even if we come to the point where we become sick and it seems inevitable that we will die. The mercy of God is there, present for us, too. What does it do? It it gives peace. It allows us to welcome death, which we will all meet one day anyway, but to maybe welcome death with a with conviction that God's love is going to sustain us through death and into new life. And the divine mercy of God comes through others, through the compassion and the care, through the courage of doctors and nurses and people who clean the hospitals to keep it safer and are risking their lives every day. Amazing. This is the mercy of God alive and well. So there is Thomas, the doubter. Unless I see and touch, I won't believe. Jesus comes and again says words of peace, and says, Thomas, come, see and touch. Don't be an unbeliever, but be a believer. <coughs> and then he says these words. Now before I say the words, I want to um, make this connection, this last couple years has been very difficult in our politics. Uh, Parties are completely um, against one another, will not cooperate, are doing little to work together. And one of the admonitions we keep hearing people say is, don't pay attention to what they say, pay attention to what they do. It makes me think of, um, um, uh, say, uh, somebody who has not loved his mother for the last three years, been very unkind. Go out when she says don't go out. Uh, disregards all of her rules. Leaves her in tears often. And then he comes with candy and flowers on Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. And she looks at him and says, "I don't want your flowers. I don't want your chocolate candy. I want your love. I want your respect. I want your obedience. Your attention. That's what I want. I don't want candy and flowers." So it isn't so important if people say, Mom, I love you so much, if everything I do to Mom is unloving. So there's Thomas. He he said, "I, I won't believe until I see and touch. Jesus says, come, see and touch. But don't be an unbeliever, be a believer. And he says, and better, what he does, he adores him right there. My Lord and my God, he makes a public profession of faith in front of everyone. He, the one who had just doubted, was given what he wanted, what he needed, was something that he could believe reliably. And it moved him to instantaneous faith, a profound faith, a proclamation of faith. I think, I think the only time these words are said in the Gospels. Today, here we are in the octave of Easter, one week after miraculous and amazing events that Jesus the Christ was raised up from death to life by the power and mercy of our God. This is whom we proclaim and we are asked to come to the same proclamation to be able to say with absolute confidence and faith, my Lord and my God. Este día es un día tremendo, este octavo de Pascua. Estamos celebrando la divina providencia de nuestro Señor. Y tenemos en el centro de esta celebración la persona de Tomás. Él que no estaba con los otros discípulos apóstoles en el día de Pascua. Entonces cuando ellos dijeron que ellos vieron al Señor, él dijo, no, no voy a creer hasta que yo pueda tocarlo y mirarlo. Cuando Jesús vino en el octavo, octavo el domingo siguiendo, él dijo Tomás Tomás ven puede tocarme y mirarme e inmediatamente él estaba movido a un lugar de, de gran fe diciendo mi señor y mi dios mi señor y mi dios estamos aquí en este octavo de, de, de Pascua a sentir y experimentar lo mismo fe este fe necesitamos más que nunca en este tiempo terrible y peligro, peligroso. Estamos en un mundo en que en un día podemos morir y no podemos ver la cosa, este virus que está atacándonos. Pero venimos aquí en esta celebración de divina providencia a abrir a esta providencia divina de, de Dios que viene a nosotros en la parte más profunda en nuestros corazones y almas y también en las acciones de uno al otro. Entonces continuamos porque estamos moviendo más y más y más en este tiempo de Pascua para sentir, celebrar y recibir el gran poder de nuestra fe en la resurrección de Jesucristo.